Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you will hear Senior Manager of Content and Editorial, Caitlin Sims, in conversation with principal dancers Ulrich Birkier and Luke Ingham about the art of partnering. This episode was recorded on Wednesday, February 13th, 2019, before a performance of Program 2, Kaleidoscope, featuring work by George Balanchine, Benjamin Millipier, and Justin Peck. Hope you enjoy. Good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to our Points of View lecture for Program 2, Kaleidoscope. Uh, I'm Jenny Scholick, the Associate Director of Audience Engagement at San Francisco Ballet, and thank you all so much for being here tonight. I have a little bit of housekeeping uh, before I turn the mic over to our panel for tonight. First off, um, if you are here just for the Points of View lecture and are not staying for the performance, please remember to exit to your right, so that way. Um, when the talk is done and return your POV ticket to the usher. Um, that really helps us get the performance started on time. Also, um, this program is one of many audience engagement events that we do here at San Francisco Ballet. Um, if you visit the website and look under the events tab, you will find a whole listing of all the things we do, both ticketed programs and classes, as well as these free pre-performance talks. I'll highlight a couple. Um, we have a ballet book club on Snowblind and Ethan Frome coming up on Saturday. It's going to be really fun. We just did Don Quixote a couple weeks ago, and I think people really enjoyed it. So I hope to see you there. Um, and we have a class uh, on uh, Sleeping Beauty and the Rose Adagio uh, towards the end of the month. So keep an eye out for those. As well, uh, we do record these uh pre-performance talks for podcast, um, so you can find those on our website or um, on any of podcast player, iTunes, etc. They're all there, usually within about a week of them happening. All right, and then I'm done. So I'm really pleased to hand the microphone over to um, our panel this evening, who are going to be talking a bit about partnering. Um, conversation will be moderated by our senior manager of content and editorial, Caitlin Sims, and she'll be in conversation with principal dancers Ulrich Birkier and Luke Ingham. So hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Hi. So tonight we're talking about partnering. Um, I would say that ballet training is mostly fo focused on the individual, and yet partnering is a, a different distinct skill. So I'm wondering how you learn the skill of partnering. Okay, I'll, I'll kick this off. I, um, at the age of 15, I started at the Australian Ballet School. Um, that was when I had my kind of first formal training when it came to partnering. Um, so we started with our group. Uh, we were kind of given a partner and every semester we would work on the curriculum that they had set. So my first year I had a very kind of Russian teacher who, who kind of had a very obviously Russian philosophy about partnering. Um, and then every year we'd have a new instructor. But uh, actually it was in my second year at the Australian Ballet School that I got told that I wasn't a good enough dancer to be in a company, so I'd have to be a really good partner. <laughs> I was 16 at the time, so I was pretty devastated. Um, 
my first partner in class was actually in New York with uh, Jacques Soto doing oh. a school of American ballet uh, work, uh, summer school. Yeah, who's known as a great partner, right? He was an amazing partner. And I was in shock because we hadn't had any partnering classes in Copenhagen, where I'm from, the Royal Danish Ballet. Uh, Bornenville, who's the founding choreographer in Denmark, was a notoriously bad partner. So, and because he danced his own ballets, there's no partnering at all in any of the Bornville ballets. So for me, like coming to New York and taking this class, I was like, shit, like I gotta get my partner together. <laughs> Glad I wasn't the first person to swear today. <laughs> but it also, actually, New York was important because I also saw a lot of the Balanchine works, and I saw how partnering can be special, like can be magic. Right. Uh, so I gained a huge respect for it. And I think that's, yeah, that was the very important beginning. So how much do you, after that, learn on the job as you're in a ballet or in a company? I mean, do you feel like you came to a company prepared as partners, or is that something you are still... Um, well, for me, personally, I was, I felt very fortunate uh, when I left the Australian Ballet School, I was accepted straight into the Australian Ballet Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, we were kind of doing a lot of rep that was a lot of heavy lifting. Um, and there wasn't maybe so many quarter ballet guys, so I got a lot of opportunities to partner. And then there were also a lot of really amazing um, principals in the company at the time, um, Stephen Heathcote. Robert Curran, Damien Welsh, who are all really incredible partners, um, really incredible dancers. So I think for me it was um, always like being, it was like kind of through osmosis you would see how much of a skill it was and how kind of like detailed and how kind of they they were solely focused on making their partners look great. So I think that having that experience for me was really important. Um, and was there anyone that you worked with or danced with other than Jock Sarter that helped you develop your skills as a partner? Like, do you work with the actual partner in developing your partner? Um, yes. Ballet in general is very like learning by doing, I think. Mm-hmm. As you join a company, every experience is new and you learn a lot. Um, but there has been like some key moments where you have to up your game a lot. Uh, and one of them, for me, I did uh, Lady of the Camellias by John Neumeyer. And that was, that's a very uh, partnering heavy ballet. And I danced with a very senior ballerina, and I was quite young. Uh, so that was a moment where I really had to uh, step up, mm-hmm. which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so physically, how do you prepare for partnering? What, what do you do outside of the, your regular training, or do you? So when I was a little younger, I used to do a lot of Pilates, Uh, especially when I was back in Australia, I had a lot more time on my hands. And uh, so I would kind of work with a really great instructor, Andrew Baxter, who um, kind of taught me a lot about kind of preparing and and a lot about kind of being on top of things. So kind of not letting like bad habits or like letting aches and pains kind of like like remain you'd kind of work like in a really holistic manner to kind of uh like on all kind of areas of your body so for me it was mostly those sort of things I was always pretty active with other stuff like I used to surf and swim a lot which I think helped I tend not to go to the gym very much just 
for me, I think it kind of is not really great for me. It's like I don't want to get tight and I don't want to get big in my upper body. So, yeah, I, I think also when I was younger, I used to like just do things a lot. Like I would always repeat things and like try to do the lifts over and over to get them right. And I think it was just through like kind of repetition and and having opportunities and kind of wanting to get the most out of those opportunities that kind of help me get strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so in partnering, how much of it is like brute strength and how much of it is coordination or is it go back and forth? Is it a combination? Mostly coordination, I would okay. say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Between both of you or of the female dancer or... Um, I mean, I think obviously you have to have like a really great rapport with your partner. And I think that as like when you get to kind of the point that we're both at, we kind of like, I think you start to have a really good anticipation of what people are going to do. So I think that that kind of helps you kind of like able to make small adjustments and that kind of helps with being really coordinated, kind of knowing where things are going to end up and knowing when to kind of give the most amount of energy into a lift or like at the top of a lift or lowering down and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think it can look like like it's really heavy and really impressive and it's kind of just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, they're doing jump, they're jumping and they're kind of helping a lot too. So, mm-hmm. um, Sorry, go ahead. I always think of it as like, when you're dancing alone, I'm shaping movement. And when I'm partnering, I'm helping someone else shape movement. Mm. So you're dealing with music and choreography and another person. And you're trying to make that the best possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about developing a rapport with the person you're dancing with. And you dance with a lot of different people in the company. So if you, or especially someone who's new, um, when you have a new partner, how do you develop that trust? That was something, because this is only my second season here, so I was just, I was quite conscious about that fact in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Also because kind of like a schoolyard, like, if the girls decide to trust you, it's better for you, like, <laughs> like next time you get a new partner, if they already, like, kind of know they can trust you, you start at a much higher level. Mm-hmm. So, in general, it's just that thing of always being there for the lady and trying to make them comfortable in your hands. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like remembering the steps, <laughs> remembering what comes next. Um, I think, yeah, it's definitely kind of uh, like giving, trying to give them what they want and what they need, making um, them feel comfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sometimes it can be kind of hard, like, you know, you're like, you can get a little, you know, frustrated or whatever, but um, especially I, I tend to get a little bit annoyed at myself, which kind of, it's not always good, but um, yeah, I think it's just, yeah, it's like thinking about it like a partnership and not, she's doing this and I'm trying to do that, and yeah, I think that's kind of the the key. What do you appreciate in a partner? Uh, I mean, (laughs) so many things. Um, Tolerance, Um, sense of humor, it's always good. That helps a lot, actually, especially at the start. I really found when I first came here that 
if if I kind of kept the, my mood really light, that the rehearsal would be like kind of more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And maybe willingness to work it out, because even though this is an amazing company and the girls are extremely talented, it still you still have to get through this like trial and error uh, in order to really make it at a high level. Because you can you can make it safe and easy, but if you really want to make repetitive magic, you have to dare to fail, especially in the rehearsal process, I think. Um, and as the years go by, you might dance the same role with, with different partners, and how different is the experience in the same ballet with someone else? Uh, I, yeah, I've obviously been in that position a few times here, having been here for a while, and it's it's always kind of it's interesting because you kind of do have to like even though you might both know the choreography there's kind of a a step in the process where you have to kind of figure out the mechanics a little bit so things can kind of feel like really different even though it might be something like really small and it's kind of so programmed into your body especially if it's a part you're really familiar with that you can feel like you're kind of making this like huge change but really it's something quite small but then once it kind of starts to gel like you know even if you are familiar with with the new person that you're partnering with is yeah once it, that kind of you get over that process it's it's really nice it's nice to kind of experience that again and that's also our job right like we have to form our skill to the person we're dancing with so it's always different also every night with the same woman like it's it's yeah it's part of the job i think it's also too like we're often in positions where you might not have any rehearsal um you know like there might be an issue and you might get thrown in at the last minute and so i think that that's also something that is kind of makes someone a really good partner is that they're able to just kind of like go with the situation a little bit more not try to like control too much too much of it and just kind of I think the the, you know if you're trying to be as calm as you can and just to kind of be really in the moment that that can kind of help smooth things out a lot too and have you worked with some dancers enough that you have sort of a shorthand when you're working together so that it comes really easily oh yeah I mean I think um for me personally I'm sure you've worked with most of the people here too but like I've obviously worked with most of the principal ballerinas in the company um and yeah it's sort of like you said once you get over that kind of initial instance that you know that trust is kind of established and I think we also perform so much rep here that you are given opportunities to work with all different people so you kind of you're always in that position you're not just working with the same one or two people every year in and out so I think it's great in that you're always learning new things and trying to kind of improve great and we can look at one of the ballets from this evening there is a we have a video this is uh, from Hurry Up We're Dreaming Justin Peck Ballet um, that was beautiful. I would say there were times when I'm watching a pas de deux, particularly a classical pas de deux, and at the end of it, I've realized that I haven't seen much of the man. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
So, but then there are also moments when you do notice him and you notice him as being so supportive, which can be kind of heartwarming because who doesn't want someone who's looking out for you, you know, all the time? And it seems very generous. So how do you feel about having a supporting role in, in a partnership? Um, well, to be honest, I probably wouldn't be here if I didn't have the supporting <laughs> role, you know what I mean? Like, I, I take it very... Um, something that I really enjoy. It's something that I know, for me personally, I will probably look back at my career and that will be the thing that I'm the most proud of, um, being able to kind of achieve what I've achieved because of, like, my kind of skills in that area or my reputation, like, whether... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't kind of... I don't devalue it just because people maybe don't notice what I'm doing because like you said as far as I'm concerned then that means I've done a good job so yeah yeah I don't find it I don't find it to be a supporting role at all like I love I love partnering and it feels like a craft to me uh, so I, I don't feel like I'm necessarily behind her in that sense like I'm helping her right. achieve right. Um, can you talk about I know you both are Ethan and Snowblind um, can you talk about developing a character as part of a partnership and if that adds or how that changes the dynamic? Or if it doesn't at all? Mm-hmm. It's uh, like in a partnership, I'm not sure it's different per se. It is live theater, which is great. So you have the luxury of uh, instead of acting, you can react. So if you have a someone opposite you that does something, you have you can react to that uh, thing, which is actually also in non-narrative partnering. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a give and take. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was hoping we could talk a little about partnering in classical versus contemporary works, like you mentioned. Um, and there's kind of the, the gamut in this program for tonight. You're starting with Givernamento and the neoclassical and moving through Passionata, which is kind of a little of both, mm-hmm. and then into um, Hurry Up or Dreaming, which is more contemporary. Um, do you want, can you speak to the partnering challenges of um, Appassionata? Oh, well, I'm, I'm not actually in it. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think the program is cool in that sense as well because Balanchine had this thing of that ballet is woman, and he set up quite a high level for partnering in that sense that the woman was this diamond. And it's quite specific, actually, how you do Balanchine partnering. Mm-hmm. And I think both uh, Millipier and Peck are quite influenced by that by being in New York. Um, just, uh, sorry, Millipier Appassionata, it's very, uh, it's, it's very fluid. You have to make it uh, seamless. Uh, but, but but classically based, I would say. And Pex is more... Uh, our section, he wanted it to be like social dancing, like swing dancing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not classical partnering in that sense. It's more like uh, push and pull and, yeah, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just speaking in general, like when it comes to kind of classical partnering versus something that's more contemporary, I, I think... Personally, like, because we're involved a lot more in something that's, like, in a process or a choreographic process, they tend to be more kind of contemporary ballets. So I feel like you're kind of 
you're obviously trying to do what a choreographer wants, but you're also able to kind of like add your own like nuances to it and like have a little bit more fun with it. Whereas I think like something like a classical, like a more classical ballet, there's a lot more kind of technique, like really subtle technique, like even just doing a pirouette, you know, like you're using your hands differently. Um, you know, you, a girl just putting your partner down on, on point in an arabesque or something, you know, like it takes time to kind of understand like where different women want to be placed. Some women have really hyperextended legs. They like their hips in a different like kind of funny angle or whatever, you know, like some want to be forward, some want to be back. Like, so there's a little, like I think with classical partnering, it's it's a little bit more kind of subtle, but it's still kind of, it's kind of difficult to make it really seamless and it's that thing like you kind of you don't want to be moving around a lot behind them as well so it's kind of being able to anticipate where they're going to be whereas with contemporary there's probably a little bit more kind of a longer leash with those sort of things like you can kind of get away with maybe not making like the guy doesn't have to be like standing in a perfect kind of like perfect first or like you know have their legs pulled up or you know like you're not wearing white tights so it's a little bit kind of there's a little bit more freedom in that regard um great we can uh look at a we have also a short video of Snowblind. um that was beautiful there there that was a new work last year for the Unbound Festival. So can you talk a little bit about um, partnering as in the creation process and how you, know, you work things out with the choreographer? How does that, how does that work? It's individuals with the choreographer, mm -hmm. but uh, usually they have some kind of idea, image, or feeling or something. And then you basically just try and make it happen. Often they want the woman to be in a certain shape or do something. And then we just have to make it work. Uh, and that's actually really fun because you're really inventing the wheel kind of thing. Like, like sometimes you're doing crazy things, you know? And this ballet was created in a three-week uh, time frame. And we're saying we're not going to the gym, but that's like heavy gym work uh, because it's like six hours a day of, of trying to make those lifts work, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and they develop over time, so it's, uh, it's an intense workout. <laughs> And then how is it to step into a role that someone else has created? It's really hard, <laughs> especially because it's him, so it's really hard. Um, it's been fun. It's um, always a bit of a challenge because um, you're obviously, like, we were in the room as part of the creative process, but you maybe don't necessarily get the time, so you're kind of trying to remember the choreography, trying to kind of, um, like re-remember and like kind of like figure out all the mechanics again and yeah but it's it's been fun and I think it's like coming together really well and got dress rehearsal tomorrow and then I think we have the show on Saturday so I'm excited about it. Um, can we talk about how costuming affects partnerships? Like we've all seen the moment when you have a tutu in your face, <laughs> uh, Hurry Up or Dreaming has sneakers. What, how much does that play into your experience? Um, I think for me, 
some of the ballets that I did early on in Australia, um, we did this like version of Swan Lake. Um, it was like a little bit more of a contemporary version. We were wearing like three-piece dinner suits, and so it was like you're doing like deadlifting these girls in these dinner suits, and it was one of the like hardest things I've ever done as a quarter ballet member. <laughs> it's like every night you'd be sweating and like lifting, like a lot of lifting, um, and then there's just been other times where it's like just I don't know I find it hard when you get like costumes that are like really restricted across your shoulders because sometimes it makes it really hard just to make like do the same mechanics that you normally would without a lift so like I think costuming is obviously always important and and, but you don't always necessarily get the chance to kind of like figure that out you know you might only have the costume on a couple of days before the performance so yeah. Also, a, lot, a big part of uh, partnering is um, weight. Like, you kind of want to know where the girl is on her leg. And some costumes obstruct your view, and you use your eyes a lot to see where they're at. So, a tutu, for instance, if you stand behind her, you can't see her legs. So, you really have to uh, feel it with your hands instead. Uh, in Apassionata, she has this, like, white thing. And when she turns, like she twirls, like it, it goes out like a balloon. And then I don't know where her body is in that, you know, or, and her hair is all over. So that can be, if your vision is restricted, that can be difficult. I don't know about you, but I found their sneakers at first. I found it kind of was really interesting. Just um, obviously the, the sneakers in, in, hurry, up in hurry Up, yeah, like they were really fun to dance in. But I found that my feet would get really sore because when I was partnering I was like holding my foot in the shoe because it, I'm so used to having ballet shoes on and being really close to the floor so like kind of taking that away I, f- I found it really hard to kind of ground my feet I think that's something that I've always like really focused on is like not moving my feet around as much and yeah so it was kind of just like figuring that out and I always get to the end of my part of it and my feet are so sore Yep, guys often try and minimize their own footing because you don't want to take away from, like if you stand like this behind the girl, it's not so good, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> you try and be still. Can we talk a little bit about that ballet in more general, the Hurry Up We're Dreaming and the partnering mm-hmm. throughout? It's, it looks challenging. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I really enjoy performing that ballet and it was a really kind of fun process to be a part of. Um, obviously, working with Justin's always like just a lot of fun, and I think he kind of comes up with some really amazing stuff. Um, yeah, and just as a ballet, it was nice to kind of it's very different movement. Like you mentioned before, like it feels like a lot of kind of swing dancing in a weird sort of way. There's a lot of um, like just the line, like with the shoes and everything, is really different. Turning in the shoes is really different, but yeah, you, you definitely kind of the as a result of I don't know if it's as a result of the shoes or the movement itself that you just feel like you kind of like it's, it's very new. Um, and I guess the other ballet that we haven't really talked about in these two programs that are interchanging is um, Etude. Yes. Which is not a lot of partnering. But no. There's. 
What are you looking forward to coming this season? Uh, I'm looking forward to the Shostakovich, uh, like the Redmansky trilogy. Mm-hmm. I love his work, uh, and it's very dancey, and I, I think I, it's very musical, and I, yeah, that's something I'm very much looking forward to. Great. And it all, like The Little Mermaid, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Same. Uh, uh, Symphony Number 9, I've performed a couple of times. Um, So I'm really looking forward to doing that again. Um, I'm really excited to go to London um, and some of the rep that they're bringing to London. So they're, um, yeah, sort of looking forward to that. I haven't been there for a while since 2012, so I'm excited to see that. And also just, so part of the cool thing about coming here was just the level of the female principles um, where in Royal Danish we were maybe like six or seven principles in total like four women and three men and here I think we're 18 or something so it's like a kid in a candy store a little bit as a partner because they're all extraordinarily talented mm-hmm. and very different so that's a joy So what do you think makes a good partner for a man? What is the, the most um, what are the most important things? Um, definitely, like, it's important to have a really good rapport with whoever you're working with. I think that it really shows on stage. Um, for me, I always just try to feel like I'm really grounded, like that my, there are times where I know that I'm not having a good show and I feel like my feet are moving around a lot or like I'm not quite on my, like my leg. If I'm not on my leg, how's she going to be on her sort of thing? So, yeah, I kind of focus on, like, feeling a lot of weight through my feet. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I think it's just, like, it's important that you listen and that you watch and that you kind of watch. I think a lot of, like, partnering is just, like, watching how other people do it. Like, you really have to kind of, like, for instance, uh, in Snowblind, like, I'm at the back, I'm second cast, and he's, like, Ulrich's, like, doing some incredible thing, and to figure it out, you have to really watch where he's putting his hands, like, left hand, right hand, like, where he's putting things on his body. You can't just kind of go, oh, I think it's this, and then it's, like, kind of being very detailed in that regard. Because you also, we also want to look at the girl's shape, and but, like, to actually see what is, like, where is that hand, how does he then change, what shoulder, like, it's surprisingly tricky. <laughs> and there's a lot of musicality in it involved, right? That you don't even really notice as much, but it, unless you're looking for it. Uh, yeah. From the audience. Like, it's very much all music, choreography, and that dancer in front of you, and I think definitely musicality plays a big part in coordination and stuff mm-hmm. as well. Like, you know that you're both got to be up in a lift by four, so that helps a lot, yeah. Um, I was listening to you on a podcast yesterday or the day before, the radio, and the person asked um, what you thought the legacy of Australian 
dancers was, and you said for males you thought it was partnering. Um, and when I was thinking of great partners, I, I thought of Jock Soto and Damien Smith, who had been here, and also David Palmer, who then I realized was Australian. So do you think that's because of the training, or where do you um, think that comes I, from? Uh, well, I think, like, they're all... I think um, David or Damien Palmer, I can't remember. David, David Palmer. Palmer, yeah. So I think he was trained at the Australian Ballet School... Mm -hmm but it was a very long time ago, and Damien had a completely different kind of pathway, so I don't know, maybe it's just a little bit of, like, I don't know, there may, must be some sort of, like, mentality, I don't know, like, yeah, it's hard to kind of, it might also just be the time, like, the, the dancers in Australia and what Australian dancers, like, coming up, like, from a young age, what they were kind of exposed to, maybe, yeah. Yeah, because I think it's possible to be a dancer and see, like, to be exposed to great partnering. I think that's something that can trigger something early on in a in a male in a man, mm -hmm. and then you kind of understand like, ah, it can reach that level, and then you'll want to try and get there eventually. Uh, personally, I'm also a huge romantic. Are you a romantic? <laughs> and I think that's actually something like a lot of predators are very romantic. So I'm really, I really enjoy. Uh, I, yeah, I love it. Do you think that's a, a personality? So there's an element of a personality trait with a great partner. I think. I, it yeah, I think that. Like, I think. I mean, I don't want to say that it's like a rule because it's always not. But I think that there's a certain level of like unselfishness that you have to kind of have, like, and you kind of have to be willing to, I don't know, like, for me, you have to kind of understand that, like, you're not always going to be right or you're not always going to be wrong, that you just want to kind of, like, like you said, like, make it everything kind of, like, make it the shapes and make, like, what the choreographer wants look as best as you possibly can. And also enjoy teamwork because each woman is different, but each night is also different. So each night you have to read her and see like where we add, like what also um, just like energy-wise, like how can I match her? How can I help her calm down? Or come on, let's do this. Or you know, so there's a lot of aspects. <laughs> and do you appreciate it when things are are more not volatile but unpredictable on stage? Or do you? What? What? Sorry. Unpredictable. Unpredictable. If they if they're good partners, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I feel like you kind of like you live out on the edge in those. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, yeah. I like it a lot. It like but those two, like all the women, but Sarah and they're very good partners as well. So you, we also trust them mm -hmm. to be courageous. Right. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.